If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 51. Psalm chapter 51. Tom Brady is a name that probably everyone in here knows. To date, he has won seven Super Bowls, and he has won the NFL MVP award three times. Fifteen years ago, he was interviewed on the show 60 Minutes, and the man who at that time had won just three Super Bowls said this, Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there for me? He said, there are people out there who say, hey man, this is it. You've reached it. But he says, if this is all it's cracked up to be, then I've done it all. And I'm 27. What else is there out there for me? The man who was interviewing him asked, what's the answer? And Brady replied, I wish I knew. And you know, by all the world standards, Tom Brady has arrived. He has reached the pinnacle of human achievement. Many NFL players are happy to win the Super Bowl just one time. They work their entire life to be able to make it to the Super Bowl and just win it one time. But Tom Brady has won that seven times. Tom Brady is a multimillionaire. He has everything that money can buy. He has a family. He has everything you could ever wish for as a human being, but Tom Brady is not happy. And, uh, you know, many times people are looking for something to make them happy. They're looking for that arrival point, that... When I reach this point, I'm going to have joy. And that's not the case. And so my question for you tonight is, are you joyful? Are you satisfied? Or are you looking for something like a Super Bowl? Are you seeking for something of this world to satisfy you, to give you joy? And you know, as Christians, we have every reason in the world to rejoice. But many times, as Christians, we can seek for something of the world to satisfy us, we can seek to arrive at a point where we think we're going to receive joy, lasting happiness, but that's not the case. But you can be joyful tonight. And uh, Philippians 4.4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And he made it possible for us to rejoice in the Lord always. So, friends, let me say this. Whether or not you feel like you've arrived, God wants you to be joyful tonight. And tonight we're going to look at how to be joyful when you haven't arrived. How to be joyful when you haven't arrived. But before we do that, let's ask the Lord for help tonight. Father, I just thank you so much for the joy that you want to give us tonight. Thank you for our salvation. And uh, thank you that uh, you, your design is for us to be joyful all the time. And I pray that you would show us that tonight, that you would expose any areas in our life where there's something hindering our joy. And will we all be able to leave this place joyful tonight? I pray that you would empower me, Lord. That you would uh, be in every word I say. <clears throat> and that you would work in hearts. And uh, help us to leave here tonight with joy on our faces, and I pray that this town would be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. A few weeks ago, on Reconnected Sunday, Pastor Hurdle preached from Psalm 51 on getting reconnected with God, and he explained the background of the story. Many of you will probably remember that. David and this story had just sinned, and uh, he had just committed adultery, he had just committed murder, and he says in verse 3, I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. David's sin was so heavy before him because he knew that this sin was separating between him and God, and he had, to take, he had to take care of it. And he says in verses 12 and 13, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Before we go on tonight, I want to make sure we all know what joy is. Joy is not superficial happiness or mirth. That's what the world will tell you. 
that joy is something you can attain. Joy is happiness. And if you're not getting happiness from what the world has to offer, there's something wrong with you. But that's, that's not true. Joy can't be found in a comedy show. You know, comedians are sometimes the, the most depressed people in the world because their life is centered around mirth. But the book of Proverbs says, even in laughter, the heart is sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is heaviness. And so joy can't be found in a comedy show. Joy can't be found in an amusement park or watching TV or entertaining yourself. Joy isn't found in any of those things. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It's supernaturally given. A.W. Tozer defined joy as happiness that is not of this world. It's a joy that can only be supernaturally imparted by the Holy Spirit. Joy is a deep sense of peace and satisfaction that is supernaturally imparted and freely accessible. Tonight we're going to look at, first of all, reasons, three reasons why we don't have joy, and then we're going to see the response of joy, and finally we'll look at the results of joy. There are three reasons why we often don't have joy in our lives, and the first one, uh, many times, is lack of assurance. David says here, the joy, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And just as we were mentioning before, there is joy in salvation. I was reading in Romans 5, verses 1 and 2 this morning, seeing everything that we have as believers, it says, therefore we're being justified by faith. We're justified. We don't have to suffer the wrath of God for our sins. We're justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're no longer enemies of God. We have peace with God. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access to the supernatural enabling of God. That's a blessing too. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. That's verse 2 again of Romans 5. We can rejoice because we have a confident expectation. That's what the word hope means. It's not I hope so. It's I can confidently expect. This life is not the end. When I die... I have eternal life with God. We can rejoice in hope, confident expectation of the glory of God. We have every reason as believers to have joy. But many times if we're doubting our salvation, we're not going to have that joy. We're not going to be experiencing the joy of our salvation. And I know this from personal experience. Because uh, when I was four years old, I understood that I needed to be saved. I understood. I had been grown up... um, Even just in my first four years, I had been told the gospel repeatedly. And I knew that um, there's a time in everyone's life when they need to ask Jesus to save them. And if they don't, then if they die, they're going to go to hell. I understood that much. And so as a four-year-old, I asked Jesus to to save me. And it was simple, and nothing weird happened. Lightning didn't strike. I didn't get any weird chills or anything. And I left that thinking, you know, I wonder if really anything happened. You know, because I didn't feel anything. Aren't you supposed to feel something? And I wasn't sure if I might have said the wrong words. I I really didn't know. And so as time went on, as I began to understand more and more, I started wondering. I started looking back on that point where I asked Jesus to save me, wondering what really happened, if anything really happened. And I wondered so much that I became very depressed because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if I was saved. I didn't know how to know. And uh, when I was about eight years old, I finally worked up the nerve to ask my mom and my older sister Lydia, and, and asked them, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I'm saved. How do I know 100% sure? And they tried to tell me from the Bible. They gave me the salvation plan that I had heard so many times before, but for some reason I just still could not understand. And around that time we had a very long winter, and it was kind of depressing, and I was naturally depressed, but even more so when I, I actually got sick, just a normal fever. But being so depressed, it was... Just, it was interesting. I would just randomly start bawling my eyes out, just for no reason at all. I would just start crying. But really, the reason wasn't the sickness primarily. It was because I was depressed. I was scared. 
And for months on end, it would go off and on, months on end, I would be terrified because I don't know, if, I don't know 100% sure if I'm going to heaven. I don't have that joy. What are they talking about when they have the joy of their salvation? How do you, how do you have that? What is that like? And I'm scared. And, um, you know, I was scared of death. I knew it could happen at any time. I was scared of the rapture when I would walk in the house and nobody would be audible right away and nobody would be apparently in the room. I would get a little nervous that the rapture had happened. And these are very real things. These are very real fears that I had. And this went on until I was about 12 years old. And when I was 12 years old, I, I thought forward to the time, you know, I, I don't know I'm saved, but I know God's called me to preach. Kind of funny how that works. But I knew that someday I'm going to be standing in a pulpit, give you my testimony, and I'm going to have to point to a time and say, that's when I understood. And I'm like, when is that time going to be? And uh, I was like, you know, I, I really can't go any further until I had this settled. And what just I can't explain it, then the Holy Spirit helped me to understand I'd been putting my dependence in the wrong thing. I'd been looking to that experience. I'd been looking to maybe the prayer. And I would have told you, you know, I asked Jesus to save me, but I don't know if he did. Instead of just resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And tonight, if you don't have the joy of the Lord because you're doubting your salvation, you can settle that right now. And it's as simple as this. The burden does not rest on you. The burden rests on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And once I put my trust in him, whether that was my salvation or whether it was my assurance, since then I've never doubted my salvation. Since then I know what the joy of my salvation is like. And you can know that too if you don't tonight. And when you do, you can rejoice in the Lord always because you're saved. So many times this lack of assurance, maybe that's the reason why we don't have joy. But maybe, maybe tonight you don't have joy because of unconfessed sin. And here in uh, Psalm 51, David says, Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Here David understands that if he regards iniquity in his heart, the Lord will not hear him. And it's, it's true tonight, but just as true as that verse is, Psalm 66, 18, that says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Just as true as that is, 1 John 1, 9 is just as true. And it says, If we confess our sins... If we agree with God, that's all confession is, agreeing with God, that was sin. What I did was sin. David said, I acknowledge my transgressions. Confession. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So just as sure as our sins are separating us from God, just that sure, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And we don't have to wait. The moment we confess, he's forgiven us. And we can bank on that promise. But, uh, you know, a friend of mine said this, a surrendered heart says, search me, O God. You know, because if you're not surrendered, you can't say, search me, O God. You know what the problem is. You know what you have to do. There's a sin there that you're holding back. There's something you're not surrendering to God. But a surrendered heart, one that's confessed their sin, the the sin that they know of, one that's surrendered everything they know, they can say, search me, O God, and God's going to show them if there's anything else they need to surrender. So can you say tonight, can you say, search me, O God, and mean it? Or are you harboring sin in your heart tonight? Is there an area you've been unwilling to surrender to the Lord? You know, if you've, agreed to, if you've agreed with God about your sin, you are forgiven. Because God said it. Okay, God said you're forgiven. And you can bank on that, okay? And uh, Psalm 32, 11 says, um, David says in that, in that verse, um, Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, O ye righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are upright in heart. So you can rejoice in the Lord always, because you're forgiven. And uh, sometimes it's lack of assurance, other times it's unconfessed sin, but many times it gets down to the core issue of unbelief. And unbelief 
is essentially not reckoning the truth to be so, not believing what God says, but instead believing a lie, exchanging God's truth for a lie. For my job, uh, my summer job during school, I work at Naturescape Lawn Care, and what we do is, um, what I do, is uh, spray fertilizer and weed control on people's lawns. And uh, there was a, a day last summer, the beginning of the summer, I was probably two weeks in, and, and I was all ready for the day. I got my quick trip coffee. I was working right across the street from where I live, which is my favorite area to work. And I was all psyched up for the day. I was ready to go. And uh, my boss called me. Now, usually that's a good thing. But this time it wasn't a good thing. Because the first words he said to me were, Micah, you've got to watch where you're spraying. Apparently he had received five calls in the last week of people that said that I killed their flowers. <laughs> so if you receive five calls about something, usually that means there's an issue. And uh, I, I was really crushed by that. You know, I was, I was dragging my feet the rest of the day. I was very discouraged because I thought I had been doing a good job. I was going very quickly. And it turns out something was wrong with what I was doing. And uh, I thought I was going to get fired. I was pretty sure I was going to get fired. And I went the entire day thinking that. And I went the entire day discouraged and dragging my feet because I thought I was going to get fired. And at the end of the day, I called Mike, up, uh, Mike uh, that's my boss, I called him up again. I said, hey, I know you said uh, that's the verbal warning. How many of those do I get before I get fired? <laughs> and he said, Mikey, you've got a long way to go. <laughs> and when he said that, I wasn't discouraged anymore. I was encouraged. I was happy because I wasn't really going to get fired. But the thing was, nothing really changed from the beginning of the day till the end of the day. Nothing changed. I wasn't going to get fired, but I thought I was. And because I believed something that wasn't true, I believed I was going to get fired, then I was discouraged. And a lot of times, we can believe something that's not true instead of what God says. We believe something that's not true, and we get discouraged. And um, there are several things that we can uh, often believe instead of God's truth. And uh, sometimes it's not believing God about your salvation, living as if you're not saved when you really are. And I already covered this a little bit from my personal testimony, but you know, God says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a promise. God says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. God says it. If God says it, then it's true. So you can believe what God says, even if you don't feel saved. You can believe what God says, because it's true. Sometimes we don't believe God about forgiveness. And many times the reason we don't feel forgiven, we don't feel like we're forgiven, is because we're not believing the word of God. And uh, if you think about it, Jesus sacrificed a lot for you. Jesus went through a lot. He went through torture. He went through a crown of thorns. He went through 33 years of human life. That's sacrifice. He had the crown of thorns. He had the nails in his hand. He had the spear through his side. And he was crucified for you. If you think about it, why would he do that? So that you would live your life in a feeling of condemnation. He didn't do it so that we would be condemned. He came down to the world to condemn the world that the world through him might be saved. He came so we could have joy, so we could have abundant life. He sacrificed a lot for you to have joy. And uh, we shouldn't condemn ourselves when God doesn't. If we've confessed everything we know, we shouldn't condemn ourselves. And, um, you know, when we get right with God, there's always joy. We always find that at a revival meeting or something of the sort, that when we get right with God, when, we, when God points out a sin in our life and we confess that, there's joy. There's amazing joy in getting right with God. There's a great feeling of relief. But often when we leave that place, we go back to maybe the sin that we confessed in the first place. Maybe times, maybe sometimes it's not the sin, 
but we go back to a feeling of condemnation as if that's the norm. But what I'm wondering is, why isn't joy the norm? How many times do you have to get right before you can have joy? And the fact is, you, you can have joy in the journey. Because none of us are ever going to arrive at a point where we don't have to get right anymore. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be something that we have to confess to God and get right again. But in the journey, the journey of, getting, of, of taking care of sin, we can have joy. And there's truth to the fact that, that uh, the Christian life is a journey of surrender. There's always another level of surrender. God's always going to show you another level of surrender, even if you're fully surrendered. But there's never going to be a point where you finally arrived at full surrender, and you can say, I'm fully surrendered now. Now I can have joy. It's never going to happen. But you can have that happen right now. You can be fully surrendered as much as you know right now and receive the joy of the Lord because there's no condemnation. Because... It's, it's part of the journey. You can have joy in the journey. And joy can be the norm for you. And uh, there, there are times when God's going to show you something that you need to get right. There are times when there will be something you need to confess. And when you get that right, you can receive the joy of the Lord. But there are going to be times when God is not showing you something you need to get right. And in those times, you can also receive the joy of the Lord. Either way, joy is freely accessible. We don't have to arrive at sinless perfection before we can be joyful. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, he says, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. What Paul is saying here is that he doesn't know everything that God might be holding against him, everything that God might be um, condemning him for, but he can trust God. He doesn't know, you know, because he can't go by his feelings. He can't say, well, I feel forgiven, so I must be forgiven. There's people who feel forgiven but are holding back sin from God. There are people who feel condemned but are forgiven. Your feelings have absolutely nothing to do with it. The feelings will follow when you believe the word of God. So he that judgeth me is the Lord. If the Lord has something to show you, he will. You can trust the judgment of God. And if he has something for you to know, then he will show you. And uh, so sometimes it's not believing God about your salvation, sometimes it's not believing God about your forgiveness, and sometimes it's not believing God about his character. We exalt our feelings above the word of God. And I've covered this a few times tonight, but it's really very important. And uh, Paul says in, first, in 2 Corinthians 10, I believe, he says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself above the knowledge of God. Many times our feelings exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. And if your feelings are conf conflicting with the word of God, who's right? Is it your feelings or is it God? It's God every time. It's always God. So you can't, you can't uh, exalt your feelings above the word of God. And many times we don't feel saved. And sometimes our feelings are conditional on even things like the weather. And <laughs> the perfect night to preach this. And, uh, you know, when I was younger especially, and sometimes now, um, when it was cloudy, then I would get very depressed. <laughs> And I would feel like maybe God didn't love me. I would feel like maybe there was something between me and God, because probably because there are clouds between me and the sky. You know? So it would just make me feel like there was something there. If there was one cloud in the sky, I would be depressed, because I knew it was going to get cloudy. And I'm not that way anymore. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but sometimes we can even let things like the weather determine our, our view of God. But God's promises aren't dependent on the weather. God's promises are the same. Because, he's, because his word never changes. God's character never changes. And uh, 
Joy has actually nothing to do with how you feel. It has everything to do with who God is. And when you realize who God is based on his word, then the joy comes. And another thing that we often believe, a lie that we believe, is that joy depends on circumstances. And this goes back to the the Tom Brady thing, where we seek for circumstances to reach a point, an arrival point, where we can have joy. Whether that's uh, sometimes a single person that thinks they'll be happy when they get married, and then a married person that thinks they'll be happy when they have kids, and then a a person with kids who thinks they'll be happy once they get a well-paying job, once they work their way up the corporate ladder, and and can get that Camaro and that house and that RV and that boat and that vacation, but none of those things will ever satisfy, as we talked about before. None of those things, you'll never reach an arrival point where you can receive joy from your circumstances. Some people are seeking for joy from having perfect health. And they think, well, once I finally arrive at perfect health, then I'll be happy. Once I get over this health issue, then I'll be happy. That's not the case. Some people seek for even victory over sin as a source of joy. Now, there is joy that comes from having victory over sin, but you can have joy right now, and that joy can help you have victory over sin. You can think, well, once I have this victory over my anger issue or my lust issue or my lying problem, then I'll be able to have joy. But you can have joy right now. You, you can, well, If you confess your sins, you can have joy right now. And that joy can help you have sustained victory over your sin. And the truth is, you'll never reach a point where your circumstances are perfect. You'll never arrive. But God still offers you joy. And he still says, rejoice in the Lord always. And uh, now we're going to look at the response of joy, which is rejoice in the Lord always. And God's plan is always joy. You know, God never intended for you to go one single day without his joy. Not one single minute. Joy is freely accessible. In the middle of hard times, in the middle of health problems, James 1-2 says, Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into diverse temptations. And joy is actually a choice. You can choose joy. Because, you know, when, you, when you're faced with a temptation, when you're faced with even the temptation to be discouraged, the temptation to be depressed, deciding, well, you know, this, you know, this depression is coming, I, you know, Sometimes we feel like we owe it almost to be depressed. There's that sense that we have to be discouraged, that we had to be depressed. But when we choose depression, we're not believing God. When you choose to believe God, then you're choosing joy. And you have victory over that depression. And, you know, sometimes we can feel, I was talking to Aaron about this a few weeks ago, actually, and we can feel like God created some of us with a natural bent for depression, which, you know, in a way he did, but it's not so that we would be depressed. It's so that we would choose joy. And you know how much more amazing it is when somebody who's naturally depressed has joy. That's awesome. And uh, that's what God wanted. God never intended for us to have depression, for us to be discouraged. He intended for us to choose joy. And uh, when you choose to believe what God says, that you're saved, that Jesus loves you, that you're forgiven, and you choose that no matter how you feel, when you choose to believe that, then the joy of your salvation comes back. And uh, finally, we're going to see the results of joy. In Psalm 51, 13, it says, Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Now, I believe joy is powerful. And joy can only come from the Lord. And so the world doesn't actually know what joy looks like because they have never experienced it. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that can only come from the Spirit enabling the person, from the Spirit indwelling and filling that person. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit inside of you naturally imparts joy. You know, Jesus is joy. Jesus inside of you 
gives joy. And Jesus is attractive. Jesus attracts people to himself. And so the joy of the Lord in you will attract people to Jesus. And I'm convinced that if every single person in this room in Shawna Baptist Church, if we all had the joy of the Lord in our faces, I think this town would be reached with the gospel. And uh, when you, it's hard to communicate the love of God when you're discouraged or depressed. But when you have the joy of the Lord and you're filled with the Spirit, the love of God flows out. You can't even help it. The love of God will flow out and souls will be converted. And uh, friends, you can have the joy of the Lord tonight, even though you haven't arrived. None of us have. None of us ever will on this earth. We'll never arrive. But you can have the joy of the Lord. It's freely accessible. And whether it be doubts about your salvation or whether it be unconfessed sin or whether it's not believing the truth of God's word, you can take care of it right now. In one instant, you can take care of it now. And you can believe the word of God. And you can rejoice in the Lord always. Let's pray.